0: Welcome to another episode of Soul Eats First. I am so excited to introduce my friend Aaron Bird to the podcast today. I cannot wait for you all to experience our conversation all about Reiki, energy, intuition, and the science behind all of this. I myself have experienced the significance of working with energy, so I'm grateful to have had this conversation with someone who can articulate it in a digestible way and to share these practices with you all we encounter so many people on a daily basis that leave an imprint on us with the energy that they carry and i now know how impactful it is to clear and cleanse your body daily to remain centered in your own life in addition to surfacing and releasing blocks that we've accumulated over the course of our lives so without further ado welcome (laughs) Erin. Hello, Erin. How are you?
1: Good. Hi, Molly. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've been so intrigued and just attracted to what you're doing. And so I'm just so excited to share that with my audience and allow you to um, expand on what you do. I'm just so grateful for this um, space that we're sharing together.
1: Yeah, likewise, I am very excited that you have asked me to kind of step into your community and be a part of this, and um, yeah, I'm really excited for uh, our conversation today.
0: Yeah, so um, I personally didn't even know what Reiki was probably like two or three years ago. and just deeper energy work and energy healing and stuff like that. So I just want to give um, the listeners a little chance to hear exactly what you do and who are you?
1: Mm. Um, okay. So yes, I, um, I guide individuals essentially um, in their mindfulness journey or just through their own personal journey um, by using Reiki and touch and uh, as well as breath work and and simply just mindfulness. um, How they can implement mindfulness that they experience um, in the Reiki session and through breath work and through introspection um, and apply it to their daily life in order to make changes throughout their day and really lead a life with um, a feeling of empowerment, Um, to be able to make decisions and feel good about those decisions. Um, So that's, that's technically what I do. Um, And I see clients one-to-one essentially. And right now I'm just getting ready to build my business up and outward. Um, But yeah, Reiki is, it's, I think it's popularizing right now. I think it's getting popular again in the Western world, but um, it's been around for some time and was essentially coined back in uh, 19, the 1920s over in Japan um, by Dr. Yusui um, and I'm trained in Yusui Reiki um, which is a form of Reiki work um, that was introduced into the West. And um, so yeah, I, I'm getting to understand Reiki a little bit deeper, like its lineage, where it came from, how it, like its its own journey, like this modality and its journey and really what it's been through between, um, you know, government rule during like World War II in Japan as well as here. Um, it is very spiritual in a lot of ways, um, but what I'm coming to find is that there's more to it than the spirituality. Um, And there's more to the mind-body connection and the body's innate ability to heal itself. And I am incredibly excited um, to kind of keep walking down this path of understanding Reiki deeper um, than just some, my spirituality and my guides and my ancestors and my, my energy and my aura, it's like, that is all very real in perspective, but we're human beings living a human life, right? Like if you believe that we're a soul that has a human body, whatever you believe, we're human beings living a human life. The practicality of a lot of our situation is being here on earth, right? A lot of people go out into nature to remind themselves that they're here and that they're human and that they exist in nature. and we need to merge our natural systems, So the body's natural system, um, speaking to being human, we need to merge our natural systems with these new ways of living and understanding and processing, um, you know, with our thoughts of what's happening in the world and the way that the world is growing collectively and on an individual level. And so, yeah, I think that there's, more to it than spirituality. I think there's a lot of embodiment that goes on with Reiki. Um, and essentially, I don't believe it as a general life force energy. Um, in Jap- Japanese, like rei is considered a mysterious, and key is the energy. And so um, they say it's a mysterious energy, but when you get trained in Reiki, it really feels like this intense, high vibrational loving energy um, and I think that there's a lot of beauty to that um, that can kind of piece all together like the mind body and the spirit of, um, of a person and their experiences.
0: Wow. That's amazing I love what you said about can't remember exactly what it was but merging merging almost like how I interpreted like our spiritual self with our humanness and I like I feel so um I don't know I I feel so much sometimes that there's practices that are so amazing like Reiki and just overall energy work and stuff like that and even sometimes meditation and stuff like that and sometimes people think, oh, that's just something, like, spiritual people do, because I remember thinking that and being, like, oh, that person does Reiki, like, she must be a hippie, or, like, I don't know, you know, like, witchy stuff, but I, I always tell people, like, we are spiritual beings, like, every single person is a spiritual being, we're all going through a spiritual experience, whether that's interpreted in different language, you know, in different religions, it's like we all have humanness too though. And I feel like right. what you do is so cool because it, it like merges the two and makes you yeah, just better able to connect with your mind, body, spirit, which we all have a mind and a body and a spirit. And so it's just such cool work and anyone can gain something from what you do, I feel like. That's why I was so, I felt so called to have you on here. So I'm just so interested to keep keep this conversation going um i feel like everyone that i talk to that is in various practices obviously had a culmination of events in their life that led them to what they're doing and so i just want to hear a little bit about what led you to becoming a reiki healer and being motivated to start your own practice and share that with the community and the
1: world. Thank you. Thank you. Quickly, yeah, I want to touch on the fact that like Reiki can be hands-on or hands-off. So um, for people who are practicing that are listening or they're interested or they've received before, uh, many times the hands can either be in the energy body, which is like just right above the body, um, or sometimes it can be touched to the body. So um, many times not many times, uh, there's Reiki and then there's healing touch, which is another modality. Um, and they are very similar. They have little differences and different lineages, but still touch or energy, subtle energy body work, energy work um, is kind of like all encompassing in Reiki. Um, and I just, I just wanted to clarify that because I think that there's different ways to kind of practice. Um, and I think the different ways in which you do practice could steer you more towards the practical side and or like the woo-woo side, right? And I have experienced profound experience with both sides. And that's kind of what has led me to the position and even this conversation that we're having here today is that experience of living very deep in woo-woo and spirituality and the intangible, but also the tangible, Mm -hmm. and I believe in in both of them. Um, And so I guess my journey leading here, um, I guess the story, the identification with getting to this point was um, I had a a difficult childhood. Um, I would believe it's a childhood that I think many experience, but many also don't experience. Um, and I, I never want to put like my, my family member's stuff out there. Like I always want to, you know, preserve a not a non, anonymity. I can't really say it, but, um, like when people keep kind of like their identity anonymous because it was so painful. Um, so I had a family member that I, um, pretty much had an abusive relationship with. And it was very difficult because you sit there and you're like, "How could someone who apparently say they love me treat me with such anger, hate, um, and aggression, and create trauma in my body?" I mean, like, even talking about it a little bit, I'm like, "Wow, you know, my body's kind of like whoa." Um, but yeah, so when trauma gets stored in the body, it's just it causes anxiety, it causes depression, it causes lack of motivation, like, that's, that's pretty much what I was experiencing up and through college, um, like halfway through college. Um, I was just at such a point of depression. Um, I had already been engaging in drugs and alcohol pretty heavily, traveling, like, kind of just running away from some of my duties of like, attaining a high like um an education like I was going to college and it's like yes I deep down inside I want to be an educated human being but based on the constriction the confinement and the conditioning of you know what I was told to be or what I was in somebody else's eyes I wanted to like when I got to college I wanted to like get away from that You know, and so a lot of the times, and this is what I call like the shadow. It's like, I was told, you know, by this family member that I was X, Y, and Z, which was very hurtful. And here I am, this little girl in the world trying to figure out like, am I really this person? And so to cope with understanding that like a loved one felt that way about me, I turned to my shadow. I turned to what I thought was cool and what made me feel good and what made me even cooler, right? And that's like part of the shadow of like getting into drugs and alcohol and not understanding like where that could be leading me. So, so much of me wanted this you know, this college education. And I wanted to kind of get out of like that shadow part of myself of coping with drugs and alcohol. And I have a family member, um, this would be my mom's cousin who turned into my mentor who invited me to come out to Colorado and really kind of just get my mind straight. And like, she was like, always like you marched to the beat of your own drum um, and like really saw this uniqueness in me and fostered that. And so, I got really clear, we practiced a ton of yoga, a ton of kundalini, like synchronicities out the wazoo. Um, she's psychic medium as well. And so she, one night there was this crazy stuff going on in the house, um, like thunderstorm, like uh, the horse water pump was going crazy. And it was just like, what is, what is happening? I was like, we need to pull out this Ouija board. Um, and she was like, no like no I'm not pulling out a Ouija board. And um so she just channeled. She used a pendulum, which is another tool for use like your intuition. And then just like dropped totally dropped herself, started channeling. And like my great grandmother came through um and was like, we're kind of like sisters. And I was gonna ask in my head if like, okay, are we twins on a soul level? And like before I could even like get those words out my mouth my cousin goes she says you guys are like twins and like within that same week I contacted another cousin who's been living out here and she had the records of my great-grandmother so the birth and death records of my ancestors and I go to look at the birth certificate of my great-grandmother in this lifetime and she was born on November 30th and my birthday in this lifetime is December 1st so literally like within a day. So I had this spiritual crazy experience. Yeah. yeah, I like go back to New Jersey. I like finish off college. I get go through this crazy relationship. One of my good friends at the time leads me to the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, which yep. has become like my Bible. Yes, yes. Oh my
0: God, I remember this. You replied to my story that one day. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. And so it's just all about like objective perspective, opening your heart, letting pain move through you. And this was really motivating to me and I've always been reading into like astrology I see astrology as very archetypal so it's like if you're a Pisces you're not what a Pisces says a Pisces is you're the idea of a Pisces that we have kind of started to define um, anyway so I finish college I like go through healing again in a relationship um, I move out to Colorado drive all the way across the country and I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do for a job. I studied health and environmental communications in college, so the way that humans interact with their environment, population resources, qual- quantitative data, qualitative data, things of that sort. So lots of like science environmentally, like how we interact with each other. Uh, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do for work. So I went through a myriad of jobs. I worked for a functional medicine doctor and I was like, oh, like, I want to do this. I want to do something like this. And, um, I had been certified in Reiki back in 2017 and the week that I signed up for level one and level two, um, I tore my ACL and I tore the left side of my knee and in energy, your knee is your ego and the left side of your body is your unconscious. So it's something that I needed to heal that was breaking or at a breaking point. Um, that I was pretty much unconscious about and I think it had a lot to do with family. So I went home actually and recovered, but anyway, fast forward or whatever. So I get certified in Reiki before I go back for surgery. And, um, it was a, it was downtime, right? Like I couldn't search for a job. I, I had this downtime and I was like observing my relationships with my parents and like why I was injured and what I was doing and what it all meant. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd been Reiki certified right before I flew back and just practiced Reiki probably every day for like 60 days mm-hmm. on myself and started practicing on like my family members. They were like interested, they're like, What is it? Right. And as you practice Reiki, like your intuition just starts to show up, and that intuition can show up in vibrational colors, it can show up in feelings empathetically, it can show up in shapes. It can show up in whatever hand movements. And so, um, I think that's where Reiki gets a lot of the spirituality woo woo rep is from that because your intuition starts to develop. Um, so anyway, yeah, I ultimately came back to Colorado. I was working for that doctor wanted to do that. I got into Western medicine and I found out that They were giving Reiki to cancer patients and that they were studying this. And I wanted to do that. That was my goal. I wanted to be somebody who could prescribe medicine um, because I thought, why not get paid by pharma? Um, But I wanted to be be somebody that prescribed medicine, but also offered alternative um, healing practices or healing modalities for the whole body picture. And so I went to nursing school, and I, again, was relearning a lesson about trying to be something that other people thought was honorable or um, a big deal um, of service to something. And really and truly deep down inside, being a Reiki practitioner is absolutely hands down being of service to somebody's whole picture. Um, The pandemic really just kind of freaking burnt me out. It exhausted me. Um, and so I recently just decided, uh, this will be the first time I'm probably publicly announcing this, but I recently just decided to leave the hospital um, and, and focus on Reiki full-time. And while I was there, I, I started a new position to give Reiki to nurses inpatient. I was giving to Reiki. I was giving Reiki to some um, cancer patients going through bone marrow transplant in like extreme pain, unbearable pain. Um, and yeah, it's really deep, but still, um, it was very transformative. And even if I just dropped that little breadcrumb in there, that's kind of, that's been my goal. And one day I'll merge back, but yeah, just making choices out of fearlessness, you know, and really trusting that if it feels good, it is good. Yeah.
0: So funny because I'm sure most, most people on here would know this about me, but I'm not sure, honestly, because it's just based on what I put out there and who knows me, but I also went to nursing school and at the end was like, no, I can't do this. I need to go through like a holistic, more healing modality of practicing. So that's so funny.
1: <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I, it's a weird thing because it's like, it's not that I didn't get into nursing school. I literally applied to one program Uh and um, it's the most competitive program in the state. It's like 75 of 200. Um, And they were just like, like, I didn't get in based on a, a few factors. And I looked at my application and I was like, okay, I put myself in the shoes of somebody who might have been on the review board for the application and i was just like right because you have to take like all perspectives you can't just be like i think yeah. it's school yeah. um and i was like dude if i read my application i'd be like this person is a reiki practitioner not a nurse you know because i just had so much about reiki on there
0: oh my gosh i love that though because as this journey has unfolded for me and i'm sure now with all of your knowledge and background, you realize that they can connect like Western Western medicine is not, you know, just pharmaceuticals and all of that. And although it seems like it, like we, there's a place and a time for Western medicine and there's a place and a time for Eastern medicine. And I like, I love the thought of merging the two and, and using Eastern medicine practices and, and energy healing and Reiki and all of this stuff for things Um, you know, healing people and digging deeper and then using West Western medicine for, you know, surgeries and acute care and stuff like that. It really works together. But I love, I love your story. I love how you got here. It, it shows just so much authenticity and that you really are um, following your truth and it's working for you. And I always preach that because it's working for me. Like I had the same kind of situation, you know, I was completely um, doing certain things based off of what society thought was um, good. I don't know the word for it. Or my family praising me for, oh my God, you're doing this. You're going to be a nurse. And like, and then you step back and you're like, wait, I don't want to do this or I can I can use my abilities to heal people in other ways so I just it's very commendable um, and and I also okay. wanted to you mentioned something about part of, part of your story was um, tearing your ACL and going back home and doing the healing there and you said something about um, the subconscious and your left side is.
1: Oh yeah, unconscious energy or
0: unconscious energy. And I was wondering how. Well, first of all, my question is how Reiki works with the subconscious. But I don't know if we've actually really defined like if someone has no idea what Reiki is. How would you explain it to them in like a brief description?
1: Okay. Um, Well, in I it could there's like multiple ways to explain it. How do
0: you perceive it?
1: how I perceive it as a mind body therapy um, or like a hands-on guided meditation is really how I, I really see it. Um, the client is laying on the table and I bring them or they, they come into A relaxed state when you're receiving Reiki because one you're ultimately just like receiving and the client gets to lay there and like do nothing and then the practitioner they say that Reiki flows through so this energy right flows through you know the crown of the practitioner so the top of their head right that the top of our head is like our connection to the next layer the next dimension of whatever we're living in so imagine if you can connect multi-dimensionally into the universe right mm-hmm. anyway so reiki flows through and through the crown of the head and into the hands of the practitioner and this modality is people say it's channeled through the individual but it's administered through the hands. And Reiki can flow and go wherever it needs to, energetically speaking. Tangibly and practically speaking, I believe that your body starts to unlock and unwind itself wherever it needs to, the moment you decide that you are going to begin relaxing. So when the client lays on the table I guide them through um, a meditation and I get their body relaxed and when the body starts to relax, the mind can also start relaxing as well, right? Our nervous system is connected to our appendages in our body or, or just our whole body in general, communicates back to the brain, right? So when the body becomes at rest, the mind can start to rest as well. and. This is very much so similar to meditation. When you sit down to meditate, um, your mind, you're starting to quiet your mind. Now meditation can also be other forms too. You can do like a walking meditation, right? So it's whatever thing you're going to choose to do consistently for a certain amount of the time. In Reiki, people are laying down, they're quieting their body, they're beginning to quiet their mind. I guide them in quieting their mind um, by, yeah, just through like visual meditation sometimes too. But anyway, what happens scientifically, and um, I'm still piecing a lot of this together. So um, I encourage anybody who's like listening in and curious to like do much of their own research, but what I'm like interpreting or understanding or piecing together through my studies is like in meditation, the cognitive mind in the the frontal lobe of the brain, so that front part of your brain, which is responsible for um, decision-making, critical thinking, et cetera, um, that gets to shut off for a second. Our sub, and that's a lot of the conscious mind is this conscious awareness, decision-making, so conscious um, aware. When that gets a chance to just shut up for a second, the inner roommate that Michael Singer talks about, that thing we listen to all day, the ego, when that quiets down, we begin to hear or take note of the thoughts that creep in from the subconscious. 90 to 95% of our daily brain function happens in the subconscious mind like 5 to 10% of our brain function is on that is only conscious right so when they're laid down they're quiet they're relaxing conscious mind is shut off we begin to tune in to what's happening inside of us and you, it becomes introspective. So you're going inward instead of observing the world around you, which is called beta um, brain waves. I think. is like you're walking around and you're like, I'm going to choose to do this thing. And I'm going to choose to walk here. And I'm going to choose to open this door and choose to pick up my phone. You move into a more parasympathetic state where you're like breathing, you're more conscious and aware of that. But like you get to go in as you're not choosing things outside of you, you get to go in and choose to focus on what's inside of you. And so very much so like meditation, that that's how we start to access the subconscious through healing work. Um, Then the practitioner is using their hands in certain hand positions um, throughout the energy systems of the body. So very much focused on those central energy systems where uh, things meet up, which would be um, in Sanskrit the the chakra, essentially. Um, so the in Western met in Western Reiki, uh, they have made it about putting your hands on the chakras and things of that sort. But you can put your hand hands anywhere on the body that you feel that there's like energy going on. And that's the intuitive piece that comes through a Reiki practitioner. It's like, okay, I'm going to trust that. I'm just going to place my hand here. And um, when the hand gets placed to the physical body, the, like the, the client can, use mindfulness, use that little awareness that's operating while they're laying down on the table and go, oh, this hand is at this point on my body. What do I feel here? Right? And sometimes the subconscious or the body will just pop something up. It'll pop up a tingle. It'll pop up an ache. It'll pop up a sensation of movement. It'll pop up stiffness. And so that gets communicated to the brain and in the subconscious we kind of get to work that out if that, that makes sense so if you're meditating and you're quieting your con- like conscious mind and something just pops up in your mind, you're like, oh, that's really profound. That feels really good. Well, that's coming from your subconscious. I mean, like your subconscious, again, is responsible for 90 to 95% of your brain function. So if you're closing your eyes and you're not seeing anything outside of you and you're letting what comes up through your mind into your conscious awareness, right? Because you're still awake, you're not in deep sleep, you're still awake, you're still somewhat aware and aware enough to pr- cognitively process, but you're cognitively processing what pops up inside of the back of your mind and in your body and not what's outside of you. Does this make sense? Yes. 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 So throughout life, um, we, there's a concept in Reiki that you are born whole. And throughout life, that wholeness gets taken away from us based on conditioning and what society, parents, whomever tells us what to do. And through that conditioning, we start to believe those things. And in that belief process, we store it in our mental and emotional memory, which would be the amygdala and the hippocampus. And so that like that midbrain section in the back of the brain is where a lot of this information gets stored and these belief processes happen. So it's almost like this is the way I imagine it. I am no psychologist by any means, but it goes through like that frontal lobe and then makes its way into the back of the brain eventually if you do it enough. Um, And so, yeah, as, as we go through... The trials and tribulations of life, we we begin to believe certain things about ourselves and that belief gets stored. And I believe that as it gets stored and those um, firings of neurons of storage go off in the brain, that firing of neurons communicates to the nervous system, which is connected at the brainstem and starts, you know, like where the brain ends, the body begins and it's just a continuation of it. I think the nervous system is a continuation of the brain into the body, and the body um, holds and stores information based off of that fight or flight response that goes on between the brain and the nervous system. So when we're in a traumatic situation and we're in fight or flight, the adrenals and other um, endocrine glands release cortisol, and stress hormones that get sent to our muscles for contraction and constriction so that our body can get ready to run if a tiger is chasing us. But the nervous system doesn't know the difference between a tiger chasing us and my family members screaming bloody murder at me. So the body, if it doesn't use that adrenal cocktail, that stress cocktail, that fight or flight, let me help you escape. By sending it to the muscles, if you don't use that through exercise or running or whatever it's meant, whatever that fuel is meant for to save you in fight or flight, it stays in your body.
0: That's interesting.
1: So, this then therefore manifests physical illness. And physical illness um, is then that tangible thing of, oh my God, something's wrong with me. And it's like, well, the 3D, like if there's multiple, whatever, I don't need to get into dimensions and stuff like that. But if it's manifesting physically, there's a, there's a deeper root inside of that. Um, And so, yeah, I guess my point is, is the way that I use Reiki. I mean, a lot of the stuff, it's like when I use my hands on somebody's body and I touch a certain area and I use my empathy and my intuitive ability to say, wow, this feels like this type of energy, which might seem like it feels like you're being aggressive. It feels like you're having a conflict with another person and just reading and tuning in deeper to that empathy of what I'm feeling when I put my hand on that place in the body. I take, you know, I take this into consideration and I discuss it with the client afterwards. And many, many, many times um, the client says, yes, that's happening in my life. So, you know, if it's on the left side of the body, a lot of the times it's much more difficult, even myself as somebody who receives Reiki and there's something going on on the left side of my body, it's much more difficult for me to access and understand what's happening, but very much so on the right side of the body, when I see physical ailments um, in clients, it's, it's something they're very aware of and it's a pattern that they haven't changed in their behavior in their thinking, et cetera, that has now began to manifest in the body. And so when we receive touch in the body, the nervous system then communicates back to the brain and back into that subconscious and back into, oh, this is what I'm now becoming aware of as I feel it in my body, right? So they feel it in the body and then it sends a message to the brain of like, this is what this feeling is, right? I feel fearful or I feel stressed. And then they breathe through it. and they release it and the energy starts moving because they brought their awareness to whatever they felt inside of their body because someone touched that part of their body who was sensitive enough to believe that there was an energy, off energy in that location, which would be the practitioner. Wow.
0: <laughs> <is below. laughs> Wow, it's so interesting. I've never really thought of it that way of like your nervous system being a continuation of your brain stem. And in order to get, you know, the energy, whatever trauma is stored in that area of your body, it just needs to move and experience like nurture, nurture yeah, nurt- the feeling of being nurtured and loved and attended. Um, if that's the right word, like, just attention.
1: It needs space to be
0: flushed out. So interesting, because, um, I was, I, I feel like I have this sort of intuitive knowing that every, you know, for a, a long period now. Every single time someone is like, oh, my back hurts or my wrist hurts or something like that. I'm like, there's got to be a deeper issue to that. You know, I just know that it's not just like something just doesn't come up or carpal tunnel doesn't just happen. You know, it's just the buildup of something. And so I'm I'm interested in the thing that comes to mind is um, the example of my mom. She has had, um, I think she she just got I don't know, diagnosed or whatever with carpal tunnel in her hand and she does type a lot during the day but I wonder I know in my soul that it's not from typing it's like are you is it kind of it's obviously different for every ailment but for the example of a certain bo- body part does it usually associate with okay so say she types all day long and she's ignoring the fact that she has this dream outside of her 9 to 5 job and it means like something with that like quit your job and go pursue your dream because your hand isn't working and it's not allowing you to type like I don't really know how to explain it but.
1: Well the first thing I would ask is like literally energy is so simple. And messages from spirit are so simple. Like, we love to complicate things. So yeah. the first thing that I would love to, like, like inquire, I mean, um, encourage you to ask, is it the right or the left side of her body? Do you know which one it is?
0: I think it's her right hand.
1: Okay. So this must be something that she's conscious about. So if she's conscious about it, she's probably talking about it a lot, mm-hmm. right? And... You, now that you know this, could be like, mom, it sounds like you're talking a lot about this. Do you think that there's something deeper going on here? Right? And she might be like, huh, I wonder if it is. And then as she figures that out in her brain, like potentially her carpal tunnel could be relieved a little bit, you know, or making those changes in the body because it's kind of like, um, um, like a two lane highway going in each direction because like in one direction, you have energy going, I mean, you have information going up to the brain and then the other direction, you have the brain sending information into the body. So it's like her typing could be exacerbating, you know, what the brain is sending into the body, into that, that part of the wrist, right? It could, whatever it is. But yeah, it, it's just, it is really interesting when you kind of start to like piece it together and just simp, like make simple inquiries about what, why or how. And our intuition is a great tool. And I believe that um, so many of us have shut it off. But when we tune in, just when we dial in, when we read it just a little bit deeper, um, we can kind of start to sense a little bit about what's going on. So I, I bet if you're feeling that way about this observation that you're having with your mom, it's very, it's very possible that it's energetic.
0: Totally. Um wow my my mind is just blown and going so many different directions but um
1: coming I know it tends to happen I like there's just there's so much to it right and it's like part of my work is just like starting to kind of like refine this a little bit more and you know yeah it's hard
0: you explain it so well and I I always resonate really well with um like Examples relating to the physical body because that's something we all have, and yeah, so it just makes more sense. But, um, coming back to your practice, um, I saw that you do distance readings, and I always just wondered about that and wanted to hear you talk about that because, as you mentioned, a lot of Reiki has to do with the touch or being with a client on the bed, guiding them, and so I just wondered how that works or what that looks like when you do distance readings or how that yeah just in your words i would love to hear more about
1: that yeah um they say that reiki can be sent anytime or anywhere and uh can do no harm and um because it's such a high vibrational energy um i truly believe that outside of our body in the energy field of the earth and potentially beyond. There are streams of time in space in which we can communicate. And I truly believe, the way that I look at distance readings, um, the simplest example is, have you ever thought of somebody and they text you or they call you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing to me, because that you're dialing in, you're tuning in, you're leaning into what you're sensing and feeling and thinking in your brain a little bit deeper. When you say, "Oh, I've been thinking about Molly, I'm gonna text her. And Molly's like, oh, Erin, I've been thinking of you too. And it's like, oh, because we, we're paying attention. We were mindful of the fact that that impulse was going off in our brain. I just shared something today on my stories and they believe um, it's, it's a post, it's maybe a scientific discovery or a new one, but they believe that the um, synapse process in the neurons in our brain don't only create electricity, but they also create light. So, imagine sending light in through one of those tethers or those streams of time through space to somebody, right? If you're thinking about them, that light beam is getting sent to them, hopefully in that tether. Um, so essentially what I believe is that I think it's very intentional. I think distance readings are based on intention of how much is the practitioner and the receiver going to tune in to what they believe is happening? Like if you like dropped your belief around, "Oh, this isn't real," and you totally opened yourself to something, you're so much more receptive. And so if you're tuning in and being more and more mindful, or whatever it is, focused on that receptivity um, and that openness you know, stuff can start to happen. And I don't really know exactly how to explain how it happens, but I always dial it back to that question that I asked of like, have you ever thought of somebody and they text you? And I believe that these are thought tethers. And um, I believe that this is psychic communication and um, telepathic communication. So when people are psychic, it's not that they're telling your future, they're just they've just started practicing dialing into what they feel and what they sense for somebody. You know, and, and that's how I think distance works. It's like, can you pull yourself outside of your body enough to dial into somebody else's? Can you put your ego aside for just a second and and really be objective in your observation of what's happening? And objectivity is the most important thing. When when I first started this and my intuition started um, popping off, my psychic ability per se started popping off. Um, And I believe just for the record, I believe that psychic ability and Reiki are separate modalities, but I believe that they complement each other very well. But point being is like, when I started this with my clients, I would just write down what I saw and what I felt. And I would say to the client, Hey, did this happen? Did this, was this a thing for you? Were you feeling this ever? And they'd be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're saying this. Yes. Yes. This person was, a bad relationship for me, or yes, my partner is really supportive of me, or yes, that, that is what my my grandmother used to own pearl beads that she used, that she gave me, that I saw, you know, whatever it is, whatever I was objectively observing and saying, wow, this is in existence at this time, in this moment, I'm not going to attach any meaning to it, but I'm just going to write it down. Um, The client usually says, yes, that, that exists in my life. And so that's how I know. That's, like, the proof of I know that the distance works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, um, but I just believe it's based on intention and, like, that telepathic, psychic communication of just, like, tuning in a little bit deeper. So, yeah. Does that make some sense? Yes.
0: <laughs> cool. I could listen to you all day. This is so cool. I, I think... I truly believe in, you know, the, I don't know what the right word is, but the telepathic kind of communication, because it happens all the time when you think about someone and they message you or they call you and it's like, okay. And I do notice it when I do my own inner work to get to know myself better. And I feel more in tune with myself. The synchronicities kind of happen more often and it's just yeah. it's so interesting to me um do you so you can do reiki on yourself right
1: yes so level one reiki um and i um am missing the japanese word for it right now it might be shinto uh, i can't quite remember i apologize to anybody who's listening. Um, But level one um, in in Western Reiki, and I think in traditional Japanese Reiki, is meant for self-healing. So they teach you um, how to like tune into that self-healing energy. Um, Yeah, so you can do Reiki on yourself if you get certified in level one. Um, In level two, you can administer to other people, they say. And then at the quote-unquote master level um, you learn the master symbol and like some other techniques that like just enhances your practice. Um, so yeah, I, I have some qualms with the way that Reiki is being spread right now in the West. Um, just because, you know, I've been triggered by, on my journey by, um, some native healers to the United States, but also native healers in Japan and, um, Or Japanese Americans and have really decided to like give a lot more credit to like the root of what Reiki is. Um, But yeah, so I can give Reiki to myself, and anybody who's certified in level one can give Reiki to themselves too.
0: So interesting. So I, it's so, um, I don't like think of how everyone has their things that they're dealing with and everyone has this entire life experience leading up to the point that they're at now which is entirely different from the next individual and how important it feels to do this work Um, and kind of relieve your body from that stored energy and acknowledging its existence because I feel like we all have our own forms of that and so I don't know if this is even, um, it, this might be a question that's like, it doesn't make sense, but how can people start to do that for themselves if they don't have access necessarily to a Reiki healer, like sort of start, um, acknowledging the things that are in their subconscious or how do you let that part of you come through so you can at least know it's there? Mm.
1: mm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Great question. Um, Well, they say, okay, let's see. In traditional cognitive behavioral therapy, I think um, a lot of the times a therapist will say, well, how does that feel in your body? You know, Um, and I think sometimes our ego and our mind can get so detached from our body that like we forget that our body is communicating to us. And so in terms of energy in the body, I truly believe and I'm um, I you know this is belief in other energy medicine as well is that like um energy is a like a byproduct of the things that are taking place in our body through chemical reactions, muscle contractions, um you know, electrical impulses, um, things of that, signals of that sort. So, um, you know, working with your own energy, I think, opening yourself up to that and getting into your own healing space is uh, permitting yourself to go deeper into what it is you are feeling. You know, what it is you're feeling. Um, about whether you're feeling it in your body or you're feeling it emotionally or you're feeling it in your mind. I think just taking a small, um, I have a friend um, Molly who does, um, she does like corporate wellness and meditation and she was on these kicks of uh, micro meditations and just taking that micro meditation moment of like a minute, 30 seconds, five minutes to just check in and just, just, you know, like, um, I, I feel like so many of us are aware now, like, oh, I have anxiety or, oh, I'm freaking out or, oh, this. And it's like, okay, if you think that and you have the power to say that you're thinking that or feeling that, then take a moment, drop in. What are you feeling? Oh, you label it. I'm feeling anxiousness or oh, I'm feeling tightness in my chest. I'm feeling jittery. Okay, why? why are you jittery oh because this happened this happened this happened and i didn't get this out of it Mm -hmm. okay you know um and like just just taking that that micro moment to kind of like observe some of that and then maybe like touch your like people can just touch their body you can touch yourself like when, when we receive touch on our skin, the, the brain releases um, a little bit of oxytocin and um, dopamine. So that like happy chemical a little bit. So if you touch yourself um, and, and the releases are greater if somebody else touches you, which is why Reiki is so impactful and the power of touch is so incredible because that release becomes greater. But if you touch yourself, you can kind of just say, okay, self, like I'm going to be compassionate with you. I'm going to try to give you what you need. And um, this just even goes a little bit deeper about healing, but it's like giving yourself what you need, giving, yeah, giving yourself what you need may require you to not, to stop giving to other people. And so I think, I think, you know, working with your energy is, not as like tangible. I think a lot of it is a mental process at first. I think we have to have awareness that there's energy displacement or energy disruption in our body. And I think that it's a very, like, I think you have to kind of walk yourself through it and you can use modalities like touch or dance or breath or yoga positions those are like modalities to process your healing but i think the most important thing is the awareness and the mindfulness and the recognition that it's happening because there's other there you could use any tool you want the thing you have to do is you have to remember that that tool is available to you and i'll I'll give you a brief story but i um was working with a breathwork coach we were trading. I was doing a lot of breathwork at the time. I was um, giving out free sessions as well. So breathwork and learning about the nervous system and how the lungs and the belly um, activate the vagus nerve to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. I was learning a lot about that and trying to get the science behind breathwork going in my brain. And so I, was had a car problem one night it was like 11 o'clock at night i was driving home i was my life was really stressful and i was having a car problem i was having financial problems and i knew that this car problem was going to be another 700 bucks another grand that like i really truly probably couldn't afford at the time you know legitimately, like whatever tangibly speaking but um point being is like I could have chose to like I have the tools in my toolbox I've learned breath work I've learned reiki I've learned yoga I've learned what at meditation I have the tools in my toolbox and while I was freaking out of like oh my god my car is broken I have to call my boyfriend to come meet me at 11 o'clock at night like here's all these stressful factors and I could have like gone along with the stress and let it take me away from myself or what I decided to do instead was use the tools in my toolbox and I started breathing. I started counting an inhale for a count of six seconds and exhaling for six seconds and I did this over and over and over and over again until I was like okay Erin like you don't have to fucking freak out. Right. So I used that tool because I was aware that I was free. My nervous system was jacked up and I brought my nervous system back down. And again, you can have any modality available to you and there's, there's free resources online and um, you know, beautifully enough, the social media world. And I think whatever those corporations are starting to recognize that people are getting into this because it works. And it works in like settings when you're like one-to-one with somebody and you're curious about it or you go to a class and you learn about it. Um, It works in those ways. But um, if you learn it there, you can implement it outside of there. And that's the beautiful thing about Reiki is if you learn something about yourself in a Reiki session, you can begin to apply that and integrate that into your daily life every day, if you are consciously aware of it. And I think it's just allowing yourself to be aware as Eckhart Tolle and Michael Singer and Deepak Chopra and Rumi and all, all the great people that we look up to about this, um, con- this mindfulness concept and wherever it's rooted from. I think it, it exists in so many places. You know, they're right. You're right, it's this fine, delicate balance between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and how the body stores that process based through the nervous system. Um, and so if you have the tools, first thing you need is awareness. Second thing you need is learn a tool on YouTube, online, take in whatever you can research and, and apply it for yourself. If, if you truly need something, you will find it. Our survival mechanism, kicks in when we're in those, in those moments, right? It's like that moment where you're like, God, I gotta go to therapy. And you just like start searching for therapists. It's a, that's a survival mechanism because you see something failing. You're aware that something's failing. So you're making a choice to get something else going. Um, and so I, I think it's just that motivation, you know. and there's purpose every fucking day to wake up. If the sun can wake up, so can you, because why else would you have been born? If you weren't meant to be here, you would not have come to this earth. And to be here at a time during a global pandemic where every single person has experienced the same thing. There's got to be a deeper purpose for you to be here. So if you're lacking motivation, get a little bit stricter with yourself. You know, um, if you're feeling really sad and depressed, talk to somebody and listen to what they have to say for you because you, you have to, we are born into this world alone and we leave alone. And so you are the last person that's left to make decisions. You can talk to people until you're blue in the face before you make a decision about something, but ultimately the decision, the ultimate decision comes down to you. And so just like you said about like self-healing and stuff like that, it's like if you choose to be open to lean in to tune in to what you're becoming aware of whatever tool you think is available to you you can apply to that and you can improve yourself and heal yourself hands down
0: so beautiful
1: thank you for allowing me to share yeah
0: so so beautiful i feel like you just speak with such an empowerment for. I feel like everyone, and I feel like a lot of people are going to relate to this on a really deep level because so many things like anxiety and depression and ADHD and all of this, they're just quote-unquote normal.
1: And mm-hmm. the
0: only reason we perceive it as normal is because they're so common. Mm-hmm. And
1: just That's because conditioning is so exactly, common, right?
0: And the wording around it and just you know, yeah, just so much conditioning, and I, I loved having the chance to use this platform to spread this stuff, because I don't think, or I think sometimes we forget how much power we have within ourselves to heal, just when we become open to that awareness, and to the gifts that other people have such as you Mm. just yeah everyone everyone can gain something from one another and i love i love what you're doing it's so powerful and so beautiful
1: yeah and there there's two sides to the coin of healing like if healing was a coin there's two sides to it and this dials back down to the fact that we're all human beings And um, on one side of the coin, yes, you are the healer because you are the person, again, that everything kind of, everything doesn't fall back on you, but like your decisions are rooted from you. You know what I mean? Like you're the only person that can make a decision for you. So you are the healer in that aspect. But at the same time, like Through evolution, we are wired to connect with people. And just like I said, oxytocin, the bonding chemical that is released during sex or during breastfeeding um, to bond with your partner or your baby, that gets released during touch, right? And so, like, having a healer, like, supporting your healing journey, that's the other side of the coin is the support the outreach right so it healing is is and and so many things in life are a coin with two sides like the duality too and the polarity um but yeah you know i i I think there's been a trend in the industry of like people being quote unquote healers and it's like people having problems with that and i've had a problem with it and like i've had to work myself through that trigger and it's like yes i'm a healer because i support healing and i've healed my own self i'm a healer because i healed myself you're a healer because you healed yourself you might not be publicly practicing reiki breath work or quote unquote trendy healer modalities i don't know if you particularly do but it's like because you've healed yourself you're the healer you know and healers can step out and support healing in other ways and so yeah i just think it's there's two sides to the coin it's like you're your own healer and we all need community and we all need support because we're wired that way and so it's okay to reach out to healers
0: Mm -hmm. to support
1: your own healing
0: totally to support your own healing Mm -hmm. i love that wording um because i feel like it there gets to a point when you get to a low point and your willingness is there to work on yourself and move things through and you just get to a point where you could really benefit from someone else's knowledge although there is we all have the power within us it's almost like it just elevates your experience and even makes um just progresses your healing maybe even faster or just to a deeper level when you take in the knowledge from someone else because we are wired for connection and and yeah loneliness is is the opposite
1: in my mind
0: you know like if you're if you're feeling lonely that is like a disease in my mind it's just
1: well disease is dis
0: dis right so
1: you're dis-eased and you've abandoned people you might have been I don't know if you've abandoned yourself or people have abandoned you you know like yeah yeah it's just Two separate words, dis ease, you know, um, but yeah, loneliness is, yeah, we're wired for that that connection.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it supports us and it releases oxytocin, which helps us bond and feel like we have purpose, you know, which is important to like getting started. I know that like when people are incredibly depressed and they are feeling lonely, like some of the biggest suggestions are go for a walk, and accomplish something, release some dopamine you know, like tell yourself that you did something good for yourself, right? And that's self-healing. And God, we create neural pathways by repeated patterns of behaviors or thoughts. So if you're consistently thinking, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone, you know, like you're going to believe that because that groove is just, it's like a walking path. The more you walk over it, the more it fires, the deeper it gets. And um Yeah, you just, when you meet up with someone else and you get to come out of that walking path, you get to stop firing in that groove alone, 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 or whatever it is, and you listen to somebody, you can start firing off new neural pathways or pathways that were once there, to get back to yourself, to get back to the love, to get back to, wow, that sounds good. I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep repeating that. And that's when the change starts to happen is when you take that, you know, that action, mental, emotional, or physical to like switch paths, switch, you know, stop those neurons from firing and get the other ones going. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much control we have over that, but still it's that reprogramming and those neural pathways and that neuroplasticity that You know, helps us change the rest of our body and what we're feeling. And yeah, and it's important. I get, like you said, it's just important to have somebody else's perspective, somebody else's wisdom, because it can help you change those pathways.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, As we near the end of our conversation, I just want to give you a chance to. Um, tell people where they can find you and where your practice is. I know we're both in Denver right now, but you obviously do distance readings and just give a little bit of a shout out to your own business.
1: Thanks. Well, my business is The Mindful Bird, and um, you can find me on Instagram as The Mindful Bird underscore. So at The Mindful Bird underscore. And um, also online, uh, themindfulbird.com has a little bit of information about what I do. And you can also book through themindfulbird.com schedule if you're looking for um, Reiki, breath work, and um, I do Akashic Records readings, so I do channeled psychic readings as well. Um, If you're looking for that kind of work, you can schedule through my website, themindfulbird.com. And yes, I do distance. Um, I've connected with people in many different areas of the country, um, but my uh, physical office is located in downtown Denver, so. Yeah. Perfect, thank you. Thank you.
0: So much.
1: Yeah, thank you, I love your energy and I'm mm-hmm. super grateful to um, have been able to express who I am and what I do through my voice. This has been a dream. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I will see
0: you soon yeah, oh, perfect. Sounds good.
1: Thanks, Molly.